Good morning. Wow, this weather can't make up its mind, can it? <laughs> we, we, we have some hot Sundays and then we wake up this morning and it's cool again. And it's, you know, two days before June. What, what's going on? Uh, well, I'm glad to see everybody here this morning, um, and we are glad that you came to worship this morning. Um, so I greet you uh, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, and I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So some things that are going on, um, we've got the worship survey that's still up online. Um, that will be closing tomorrow evening. Uh, we're going to run that through the 31st. Uh, we have a meeting, admin council meeting, on Thursday the 3rd at 6 uh, to review those results uh, and talk about what our next steps are. Uh, so be aware of that. Um, as always, we have the prayer elaborate that's on the basketball court. Um, and for now, until you know, decisions are made, we'll be, we'll be here uh, at 9 o'clock and hopefully it'll be a little warmer um, next Sunday uh, as we gather. Uh, there is a cooler in the back full of eggs. Uh, I have uh, an overload again, so I brought my overload up here. Um, they're anywhere from a week to two weeks old sitting in the fridge, so you, you know, I would check them. Some of them may have gone bad, or um, I don't know for sure. Um, but I wanted to give you the chance, if you would like to take some eggs, to have some with that. Um, we are also very thankful this morning uh, for our flags in our graveyard, and Warren that put those up for us and does that year after year, so we are thankful for that. Uh, and we will remember those uh, in our um, prayers later. Uh, are there any other announcements this morning we need to be aware of? All right. Well, let us uh, open and begin with prayer this morning. Let us pray. Creating all-powerful and triune God... We acknowledge your authority as our maker to command our obedience. Loving Jesus, one with humanity and Holy Spirit, living presence of God, we thank you for the countless blessings you pour into our lives. Our hearts rejoice, Holy One, for your infinite love that echoes through creation. For Christ's love, which came to us in human form, for the Spirit's love which calls our hearts into fellowship with you. We bow before you, the three in one, and ask that you continue to bless us, that we may draw ever closer to you as your children and your heirs. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, and you'll find the words inside your bulletin.
Amen. So we now take some time to offer up our joys and concerns so that we can pray with one another and celebrate with one another. So what joys and concerns do we have to bring this morning? The rain. You might have to spell that last name for me. Okay. Does it wait? It begins with a W or a U or what does his last name start with? K. K. All right. Okay. Good, Jackie. Okay. We're just gonna say Greg K for now <laughs> until I get that email. So. All right. Any others this morning? Well, this morning as we uh, do our prayers, let's take a moment of silence at the beginning to remember those uh, who are fallen, those who served our country and um, didn't make it home, those who, uh, families who uh, never got to know maybe their fathers, grandfathers, daughters, granddaughters, um, grandmothers and mothers. Uh, so let's take a moment of silence for them, and then we will offer our prayers this morning. So let us pray. Yeah. Richard Jackson. Okay. Most definitely. Thank you. Well, let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we come this morning to you in worship. We bring our outside lives into this place. We bring our worries, our concerns. We bring our joys and celebrations. And Lord, this is a weekend that we remember for this country why we are free and we remember those who sacrificed for us. We remember those who did not make it home. We remember their families. Lord, we are thankful for what they did for us. So as we come this morning, Lord, we, we lift up those families we lift up those that served with them, with people that they have lost. We come this morning to offer our prayers, to give you our concerns, to thank you for the things that we have been given. We have our own prayer list. We have our prayer list that is our communal list. 
And Lord, we lift up Greg. We lift up the family of Richard. We're thankful for the rain. We're thankful for the birds that sing. We're, we may even be thankful for the cool air, even though it's a little chilly. We're thankful for the wind that blows that we cannot see but only feel and see the effects of. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. We don't see where it comes from, but we feel its movement. We feel the wind that comes from its voice. Lord, this morning we come to you with all of our concerns, with all of those that are on our hearts and minds, and we just give them to you. Lord, we thank you for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. Lord, as we worship this morning, Lord, let your spirit move. Let your spirit touch us and speak to us as we hear the scriptures read and the message given. Lord God, we just ask that you continue continue to just hold us in your arms as the adopted children. We are so thankful that we are the adopted children of God. So Lord, we ask all these things in the name of Jesus, the Son, the one who said that if we ask in His name, it will be given. And the one who taught us how to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Bring us this day our daily bread, and give us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, our Psalter reading comes from Psalm 29, and you will find this printed in your bulletin. So let us recite this morning Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord. O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of His name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. 
storm breaks the cedars of Lebanon. The Lord makes Lebanon to skip like a cold and siren like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the oaks whirl and strips the forest bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as ruler forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. As we continue this morning, we are grateful for all the gifts, tithes, and offerings that have been given. Uh, and we are just so thankful for the continued ministry that this allows us to have and the people that it touches so let me offer this prayer this morning over our offerings. Let us pray. O oh Lord God, these offerings we make here are tokens. They represent our love of you. We thank you for your Spirit's gifts to us. So mysterious, bountiful, and astounding. They are blessings upon blessings. These blessings reveal your presence among us as the merciful, holy, and loving one. Amen. Our text this morning comes from the gospel. John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. This is when Jesus and Nicodemus first meet. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. And Nicodemus said, well, how are these things possible? And Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. 
God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we come this morning, we ask for your spirit to wash over us anew. May we hear the Spirit speaking to us this morning. And may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we made it through Easter. We had Pentecost last Sunday. And now we go back to the beginning. We start over at the beginning of the scriptures. We go back to Jesus' ministry. And this is the very beginning of it in John. And a little bit of background, right before Nicodemus came at night to see Jesus, Jesus had just entered the temple in Jerusalem that day before, walked in, saw the money changers, saw the animals being sold, and was upset, aggravated, angry, made a cord, and went through and drove out the money changers, drove out the sellers, drove out all the, the animals that were there, overturned the tables of the money changers. So Jesus was not in the best situation with the authority of the temple at this point. And Nicodemus is one of those leaders. But Nicodemus is different. Nicodemus believes that Jesus is a rabbi of God, is a teacher, that God is with him. But he does not yet recognize at this point that Jesus is the Son of God. That Jesus is God incarnate. That Jesus is the living word of the Father. And this is where we are. Nicodemus, this religious leader, this teacher of the law, a very public figure is meeting with Jesus at night. And he's making statements that the leaders of the church would not want him to make. That they believe in who he is and what he's doing because otherwise if God was not with him, with you, Jesus, then how could you do these things? But he had to meet him at night because there were so many leaders that were against this. Because Jesus was not a tutored teacher. He just started teaching one day, and he started teaching with authority that was unknown. Nobody understood where this came from. They asked that in the temple. They looked at him when he, after he turned over the table and said, Who gives you the authority to do this? 
Well, Jesus knew where his authority came from. It came from the Father. But Nicodemus couldn't be seen with Jesus. You know, I imagine that it, that it would be in some dark corner of Jerusalem that Nicodemus and Jesus would go meet at, kind of just outside of a street lamp where, you know, faces can't really be seen. But probably in reality, Nicodemus went to wherever Jesus was. And where does Jesus usually end up? He ends up with the people who are outcast, with the ones who are seen as sinners, as those that can't be a part of the temple. So even Nicodemus going out to this area was dangerous for him, much less just going to, to talk with Jesus. But the place that he goes and this darkness that is surrounding this is only part of the story. The other part is the conversation that he has with Jesus. And within the conversation, there are really two different kind of understandings of what is being said. You have this plain, literal meaning, which is what Nicodemus is grabbing onto. And we have this symbolic, non-literal plane. Now, these are two different planes. You have the P-L-A-I-N and the P-L-A-N-E. So this is going to take us into the math and quantum physics and all that level. Because you have the plane, then you have the plane. So Nicodemus is thinking in the plane, the literal meanings. And Jesus is on a whole different plane. A whole different level of existence. See, Nicodemus sees this birth that Jesus is talking about as of the flesh. A rebirth of the flesh. And he can't wrap his head around that. How is that possible? But Jesus speaks of spiritual realities. What is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the spirit is spirit. Rebirth is spiritual experience available to all, but perhaps most needed by religious people who might think they do not need it. Religion often becomes a matter of correct observance of particular practices. That's what they did in the temple. They had regular services, they had regular practices that they always did... Yet, Nicodemus was not grasping what was going on. And when these practices become routine, they may actually serve to hinder the spiritual sensitivity. So a spiritual transformation is, in such situations, very much needed. And Nicodemus didn't grasp what Jesus is talking about because he's been in this spiritual kind of dead zone because he's gotten used to the rituals. He sees the miracles of Jesus. He's heard the stories, but yet he doesn't still understand that it's more than just being a teacher, that it's actually the Son of God. 
So to be in tune with God's reign and presence, we all need a transformation overhaul of the traditional ways of seeing and being. Now we've had these transformations, but it's not a one and done deal. We need a transformation of our whole way of knowing and experiencing the world. When we accepted our Lord and Savior, that gave us new eyes to look, new ears to hear. But it doesn't mean that every now and then we won't backslide and back into the world's vision and hearing. It's not a one and done thing. Nicodemus' confusion deepens because he's unable to leave the realm of literal thinking to join Jesus on an imaginative spiritual level. It is not possible to use the literal physical interpretations to encompass the spiritual truths Jesus is alluding to. Nicodemus is thinking in the physical world that he knows. He's thinking about what he knows about what it is to be born. That you can't go back into that as an adult. You can't get back into the womb. How is that possible? And he shows his attempt to understand this based on what he knows. But he ignores the possibility of being born again from on high. And Jesus responds to this misunderstanding by highlighting the source of the birth from on high, which is the Spirit. So contrary to Nicodemus' attempt to fit Jesus into his previous understanding of the world, the birth from above is beyond anyone's control and is subject, and is subject to the mysterious freedom of the Spirit. See, often the spiritual is in contrast with the flesh. Paul in Romans 8, uh, chapter 8, verses 5 through 8, argues that conflict between the flesh and the Spirit characterizes the Christian life. The Spirit is active in Christ Jesus, and in Romans 8, 9, the Spirit of God is the Spirit of Christ. And Jesus speaks about the spiritual truth he knows and can bear testimony to. But Nicodemus, at this stage, is not yet able to grasp these truths. So for him, it's confusion, not enlightenment right now. But this is only the first time Nicodemus talks with Jesus. Later on, he understands. But this misunderstanding we read about here serves a purpose. To function, the function of this misunderstanding is to catch us, the readers, at work in our accustomed rut. Like Nicodemus, we may collect pennies from heaven when what is being offered is unimagined wealth. The wealth is the very kingdom of God. 
And it is not some far-off goal to be attained, for there is nothing we can do to attain the kingdom. The kingdom is present now as a gift from God. Only God can gift us and can beget us as a totally new being in a new world. That's what we pray for in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Your kingdom come, thy will be done. But why would we, why would we, God's creation, be so significant? Why would God even care? Because that is the very nature of God to be in relationship with us. He, in the beginning, when Adam and Eve were born out of the breath of God... He would spend time with them. He would walk in the garden with them. And that shows us the relationship that God wants with His creation. And on this Trinity Sunday, this day that we talk about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we celebrate the most fundamental element of faith and practice. And that is Christian relationship. The doctrine of the Trinity teaches us of the communal inner life of God. God the Father is with the Son, who is with the Spirit, who is with the Father. Self-communicating, self-giving, self-receiving. And when we profess the Trinity, we affirm that it is of the essence of God to be in relationship. But we also acknowledge that it is the nature to take the initiative in search of communion, to reveal God's self as the source of life itself, to pursue, pursue us, to come to us to reveal God's self as the source of all creation. The salvation of all God has created the sustainer of all life. But how then is God's relationship with the world possible, we may ask? Well, we can turn to Scripture. The famous verse that we see everywhere that we know that people put on signs at football games. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that everyone who believes in Him may not perish, but may have eternal life. The unknowable one has made himself known. The incomprehensible one has made himself heard. God is speaking. And the more nearly the divine approaches, the more we acknowledge we cannot know and cannot comprehend where the holy comes from or where it goes. Yet something of the mystery is turning to us. God searches for us to complete the revelation of God's being. God searches for us to participate in God's life. God's seeking is not brought about by our circumstance, our worthiness, our sufficient understanding. 
rather that seeking derives from the anguish of God. God's longing for the work of God's hands. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world God created might be saved. God's intention is never to condemn but to save. That is to make life whole. Jesus came to save. God incarnate, God in flesh came to save us. And this salvation language is a health language. God's health for all the world and all of life's relationships. That love is ever constant, but never coercive. It is invitational and hopes for a response to complete the circle of love and share in the interconnectedness of the creating, liberating, healing, holy trinity. And all of this is accomplished by the created, creative love of God, the redemptive Redemptive offering of Christ and the empowering presence of the life-giving Spirit. And those are three. Those three are one. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. See, God in Christ wishes to reclaim, rename, and reauthor the stories of our lives with new life empowered by the grace of God and made manifest in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. And the self-giving love of God in Christ cannot be accepted without illuminating our lives from the inside out, revealing to us that our old life not only is from below, but also is filled with deep darkness that oppresses the light of the love of God. Again, we hear about God's love. And there's nothing we can do about it. But as much as we know John 3.16, we also need to remember John 3.17. They need to go together. They need to stay Together because they are one. And I am going to end with that. With the reading of John 3 16 and 17. Because it is so important for us to hear and remember it. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send God's Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Amen. <clears throat> As we close out our service today, him uh, that is out there is called, They'll Know You Are Christians by Our Love. Uh, this is one that's in one of the, the uh, hymn books that we use in the Methodist Church. Uh, we actually have copies of it here. Um, but this version, and this is the very same version that is in our books. This one is sung by Jars of Clay. Uh, this is off of their worship album. So as we take time to be in the presence of God, let us not only sing the words, but let us pray the words as a prayer to God. They will know we are Christians by our love.
They'll know we are Christians by our love. God so loved the world. Receive now this benediction as it is printed in our bulletin. Now go forth with the song of the seraphs in your hearts. Oh, praise God's glory and strength. Depart to rejoin the wayward world we live in. We'll be led by the voice of the Lord. Go in peace as children of the Almighty Creator. Thanks be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen. Go in kindness.